Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org radio.org. Now, here's our show today. In chapter 4 of Luke, as the Lord Jesus was initiating his earthly ministry, he stood, as was his habit, in the synagogue and read from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to announce the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to send away and release those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of Jubilee. This was the announcement, the proclamation, the declaration of the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of Jubilee. When we come to chapter 9, as we are today in our life study from the Gospel of Luke, we find the Jubilee not just proclaimed and announced, but applied and spread. We're happy that Ron Kangas could join us again today for more fellowship on this very enjoyable and marvelous portion of the Gospel of Luke. Welcome back to the program, Ron. I'm happy to explore an aspect of the Jubilee together through fellowship. We need to be deeply impressed that the thought of the Jubilee portrayed in the Old Testament in Leviticus 25, prophesied in Isaiah And fulfilled in Luke is the key to understanding this whole gospel. So to speak of the spreading of the Jubilee, as we consider the portion before us today, is altogether fitting. The Lord not only announces the Jubilee, he is burdened to spread the Jubilee by bringing us into the experience of the Jubilee and then by sending us forth to announce the Jubilee for its spreading. This is a most delightful matter, and I look forward to our fellowship. In the Old Testament, as it was laid out in Leviticus, and as you said, uh, prophesied, spoken of by Isaiah, the literal elements had to do with being uh, released, certainly from captivity, uh, the blindness being healed, and then this major portion of the possessions being returned, all the property that had been lost during the previous 50 years is now restored to the original owner. So this must have been something that the Old Testament saints looked forward to with great anticipation. And now we see not just the announcement of it that we had in chapter 4, but the Lord with his disciples about to spread it in its reality. And so as we look at these verses in chapter 9 today, we have to keep this kind of view in mind and uh, see how all of these things are not random 
or just isolated, but related definitely specifically to this jubilee. Okay, let's look at a few of these verses in chapter 9. Beginning at verse 1, it says, He called together the twelve and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, Take nothing for the journey, neither a staff, nor a bag, nor bread, nor money, nor have two tunics apiece. And into whatever house you enter, remain there, and from there go out. And as many as do not receive you, as you go out from that city, shake off the dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they went out and passed through village after village, announcing the gospel and healing everywhere. This, as we will see, really the spreading of the Jubilee. Here's Witness Lee. Thus far, as we have seen, the Christian life begins from the forgiveness of sin. And it comes to a completion, that is, we become the relatives of Christ, the real members of his body. Then we are just ready to journey with him, to take his way and to travel and to visit the places with him for the spreading of the Jubilee. His ministry began with the proclamation of the Jubilee in chapter 4. And that ends with the perfection of the disciples. Before his proclamation of the Jubilee, there was only himself carrying the God-given ministry. At that time, he proclaimed Jubilee. He called people. The first four were Peter, Andrew, John James. Then he did a choosing out of so many to be 12 apostles. They just followed him to learn how to carry his ministry. Then to the end of chapter 8, their perfection has been completed. Their sins were forgiven and they began to love the Lord and they began also to walk in peace and to live a life in peace. And then they grow in life and then they shined in uh, light and they became, in a good sense, the relatives of Christ, the very members of his body. Now they are perfected. Ron, this was a, somewhat a preliminary word, reviewing many of the experiences and teachings that the disciples had been brought through. Until now, they are prepared, aren't they, to enter into this labor of the spreading of the Jubilee. This is the governing view or thought here, that Christ himself, being the reality of the type of the Jubilee, proclaimed the year of Jubilee which is the New Testament age, the age of grace. His burden was for the spreading of this, and according to God's arrangement and intention, this spreading would be through the Lord's disciples, the apostles, eventually all the faithful believers. So in Acts, you have this spreading in a full way. Mm. In Luke we have an initial stages of the spreading, 
But the Lord didn't simply tell his disciples to go out and proclaim the gospel of the kingdom as the gospel of the Jubilee. Rather, he gave them some healthy teaching and brought them into a certain realization so that they would have some training, some constitution, and some realization concerning the significance of the Jubilee and the kind of persons we need to become in the Lord's salvation in order to enjoy the Jubilee and spread the Jubilee. So the Lord rendered them some training and perfecting, some teaching, so that when he initially sent them out, they have some degree of perfecting. And this is always the Lord's way. Uh, Before he sends us out to do something for the carrying out of God's economy, he first trains us and equips us. That is very crucial if we are to be faithful and one with the Lord, in this case, in the spreading of the jubilee announced by him. Ron, we're going to stay on this line uh, now as the uh, disciples are sent out, and I would just remind our listeners of a verse we read a moment ago in that little section on uh, the spreading. Verse 2, And he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. We will see a relationship here between the kingdom and the jubilee. You mentioned the kingdom as the emphasis in Matthew. This is interesting. Here's Witness Lee once again. Let me point to you that from chapter 9, another section begins. That is to spread the proclamation of the Jubilee. In short, just to spread the Jubilee. And what is Jubilee? That is the gospel of the New Testament. And this gospel is just to proclaim the release of the captives and the recover of the lost right. Now, from chapter 9, We have uh, the uh, start of the spreading of this jubilee. And the ministry was only by one person, the man Jesus. But now the spreading was by at least another twelve. The man Savior gave the twelve apostles power and authority over the demons. And... To heal diseases. What is this? This is the release of the captives. In the fall, man got captured by Satan and by sin and by diseases. We all know diseases are just issues of sin. The man Savior gave power and authority over the demons and also over the diseases. And this is just the negative side of the Jubilee. And then send them to proclaim the kingdom of God. What is this? This is the passive aspect of Jubilee. The kingdom of God is just to recover our last right of enjoying God. What is the kingdom of God? It is the recovery of the last right of the enjoyment of God in Christ. This is just the proclamation of the Jubilee. So you could see in sending the twelve, the man Savior just spread the Jubilee through the twelve. 
to all the country of Judea. The Jubilee was declared in chapter 4 by the man Savior, but it was applied universally to the people of entire Judea by the twelve. Ron, I liked his phrase here. This was the application, he said, universally of the Jubilee to the people. The story is the Lord has imparted his authority to the disciples for the healing of sickness and casting out of demons, and he relates this to the kingdom. Let's uh, pick up this interesting correlation here. The disciples, the apostles, were sent out to proclaim the kingdom of God. But we should ask, in the context of Luke, what is the kingdom of God? And what does it mean to proclaim the kingdom of God and to apply the kingdom of God in a practical way through the healing of the sick and the casting out of demons? We need to understand the kingdom of God in Luke in relation to the Jubilee with its twofold content and application. To proclaim the kingdom is to proclaim release from all the negative things, from all bondage. That is release from the kingdom of Satan. Right. To proclaim, to preach the kingdom as the gospel is to announce the good news that through Christ and his redemption, we are recovered to God himself as our portion for our enjoyment. This is the content of the gospel of the kingdom, and this is the significance of the jubilee. The point we are heading toward is this, Chris. For the disciples in Luke to announce the gospel of the kingdom was for them to proclaim, spread, and apply the jubilee. In brief, in Luke, the kingdom equals the jubilee. Hmm. To preach the kingdom is to announce the jubilee. And so the disciples here, going forth with power and authority from the Lord to proclaim the kingdom, were actually and intrinsically engaged in the spreading of the jubilee. And the result of such preaching, and it's exemplified later in Acts chapter 8 through the preaching of Philip, the result of such preaching is that those who receive the word are delivered from the negative things and enter into the positive things. When Philip was preaching in Samaria, demons were cast out, people were delivered from the kingdom of Satan, and there was much joy in that city because they entered into the enjoyment of the triune God, the positive aspect of the Jubilee. So I find it very enlightening and supplying to see that according to Luke, to proclaim the kingdom is to announce the jubilee, to enter into the kingdom is to enter into the experience and enjoyment of Christ as our jubilee. Ron, in our final portion today, we come to another very well-known story, one of the most uh, well-known, I would guess, in the New Testament, and that is the feeding of the 5,000. Of course, this is 5,000 men, probably the total number closer to 10,000. And as we all know, the disciples and those gathered had only amongst them a couple of fishes and a few loaves to uh, carry out this monumental task, and the Lord is able. But specifically, we want to see it in context of the Jubilee. Here's Witness Lee again. 
Then in the evening, he fed five thousand men with five loaves and two fish, and there were twelve baskets of broken pieces left over. What was the reason here? In John, it was used to prove that Jesus is the life supplying bread. But here, you have to realize it uh, proves something else. When Jubilee comes, no one is in want of anything. No more poverty. This is Jubilee. 5,000 men with their wives and children. Probably over 10,000. They were all there without food. The disciples figured according to natural mathematics. Aha. Uh-huh. The time is too late. You have to send them away. There's no way to keep them here. This is natural man. But the Lord said, you give them to eat. Amen. What is this? To give the poor one to eat without any charge, without any cost. And this is jubilee. You give. Today, in the New Testament time, it should be altogether jubilee. But sorry to say, this had been lost. And I believe the Lord is now recovering this jubilee. Amen. It has to be always something left over. Always the riches should be expressed. So the Lord told the disciples, you give them to eat. They said, we only have five loaves and two little fish. Then the Lord said, okay, give to me. Give the five loaves to me and the five fish to me. And he blessed them and they fed the crowd. Everybody was satisfied and that leftover became more than what they had originally. You tell me what is this? You mean, well, brother, this is a miracle. Yes, it is a miracle. But you have to realize, Luke wrote his gospel with the point of view of Jubilee. Well, Ron, as our listeners may have figured out by now, we're not going to look at this story just as an account of a great miracle uh, establishing the Lord's authority and his miraculous power, but we do want to view it in the context of the Jubilee. I have a two-part question for you in the couple of minutes we have left. First of all, how does the feeding of the 5,000 illustrate or demonstrate the Jubilee? And secondly, his comment here that the reality of the Jubilee has for the large part been lost among God's people today. Maybe you could address that as well. To the first part, this well-known story, the feeding of this huge crowd, how does this illustrate the Jubilee? Well, let's first remember to apply the key to the Gospel of Luke to his account of the feeding of the 5,000 in this Gospel. The key is the Jubilee. Hmm. The Jubilee is release from bondage and the recovery of of enjoyment, of God as our inheritance. Right. If we look at the feeding of the 5,000 in this light, we see that this unveils a particular and precious aspect of the Jubilee, and that is our hunger is satisfied, our need is met. There is an abundant provision. To be in want, to lack the basic necessities, 
that is really related to bondage. And that is a cause of misery, even abject suffering. But when the Jubilee comes, there is an abundance of supply. And the issue of that abundance is that everyone is satisfied. Mm -hmm. So in brief, the picture here through the feeding of the 5,000 is that when the Jubilee comes, our hunger is satisfied, our need is met, there is a bountiful supply, there is no discontent, there is no struggling against one another to eke out what we need to live. Rather, the entire multitude is richly and abundantly supplied and all the needs are met. Regrettably, and now I'm responding to the second part of your two-part question, the reality of this has largely been lost. And one evidence of this is you don't hear much in today's preaching and teaching concerning the Jubilee. Right. You don't hear much expounding of Luke along the line of the Jubilee. That indicates the proper teaching of the truth has been lost. With that loss is the loss of the enjoyment. My testimony is that I never had any thought of the Jubilee until uh, 1984 when this life study was released and the Gospel of Luke was opened in this light and I began to realize, along with so many others, that I had been oblivious to this whole dimension of Christian experience my whole life. So, because God's people have been distracted from the experience and enjoyment of Christ to so many other things, to theology, to doctrine, to self-improvement, to Christian works, there has been a great loss of the reality of the Jubilee. Uh, instead of liberty, there is bondage. Instead of the enjoyment of the triune God, there is something much less than that. So it's indeed invigorating to hear a faithful word, the proclamation of the Jubilee, a recovery of the reality of the Jubilee for our experience, and this faithful word assures us, according to God's word, that in Christ and through Christ, we are released from bondage. In Christ and through Christ, we are restored to what God intended in the beginning, that we would enjoy him as everything and experience the delight, even the ecstasy, of having such a rich and full, even transcendent enjoyment of the triune God in Christ. To put it in very simple terms to end this line of fellowship for this broadcast, to have the jubilee recovered in our experience means that we experience the, a wonderful recovery of the real and practical enjoyment of the triune God and we become happier than we ever thought we could be, and our joy is made full because our joy is God himself. Hmm. Well, Ron, what a satisfying way. I feel like uh, one of the 5,000 that, uh, regardless of what we started out with today, we have ended 
very satisfied, and I believe there's still a portion left over. Thank you for your fellowship. Thank you, and thank you for the opportunity to help with this particular broadcast. It's been a supply to me as well, Chris. For Ron Kingis today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.